0: December 24th, 2023, we're continuing in Misilati Sharim in Perekhaf Bet, Bibi'ul Midat Anava. we're explaining, we're uh, elaborating on this character trait known as humility, as Anava. And Mesilat Sharim Ramchal had set forth, there are four specific areas that a person who's looking to achieve Anava should focus on. Uh, the first was, Hitnaheg Bishiflut is carrying yourself in somewhat of a lowly uh, state of being, in a uh, diminished uh, posture and approach to matters. That's what we addressed last week. <laughs> the second, he begins over here, is is the ability to handle and to accept when someone shames you, <clears throat> when someone speaks wrongfully about you or treats you wrongly, instead of reacting immediately or even after time in a negative uh, response uh, leaving it be an understanding not that it's deserving of you but you won't really be achieving much more of course each situation needs to be dealt with accordingly he cites uh, in order to support this notion <laughs> he cites from the gemara masechet rosh and afyodzayn avon pasuk says that kadosh se avon over al pesha no avon literally means he picks up their wrongdoings. The next words are Alver al which sounds like it's referring to Akadosh Baruch as well. He moves away from their negligence. But the hachamim are differently. They understand it as to whom does God pick up? so to speak, look the other way at their wrongdoing. It's a person who they themselves have demonstrated. We can look away when someone's done wrong to us. It's almost a midah keneged midah in the positive sense. God says, according to the rabbi's understanding, if you have diminished your honor, accepting when someone has been poshe'a becha, has harmed you uh, physically, verbally, or any other way, uh, so too I can be to you, I'll look the other way On my honor. I can be no Nosei amru od, and similarly the Chachamim have in Masechet Shabbat, Ha'ne'ilavim ve'enam olvim, Shom'im chepatam ve'enam meshiwim, Alehem ha'katuv omer ve'ohavav keseh ta'shemesh b'khvuratov. Description of the Chachamim in Masechet Shabbat is that Pasuk in Sefer Shofetim, uh, experiencing and realizing the sun as its... Uh, as it's uh, shining, big vurato and all of its strength, that's referring to individuals who are ne'ilavim ve'nam alvim. They might get embarrassed, but they don't in turn cause embarrassment. They hear herpatam. They hear people, uh, individuals or collectives, speaking wrongfully about them. Ve'nam mishivim. They understand that a certain internal strength. It doesn't need to be manifested externally with words or actions. It might even represent a greater strength than when you have to speak it in the negative sense. Uh, continues the Misilati uh, Yisharim, he cites a, uh, a funny at uh, first glance, but significant once thinking about it more. and Maseich and Nidarim. The Gemara says, migodel anvato shel bava One of the Chachmei Talmud, bava benbutah, it was said about him, his greatness by means of his modesty, his humility. Zele shonam, the Gemarat tells over there, hahu bar There was an individual who came from baveil, and the dialect, even though both in Bavil and in Eris Israel at that time they were speaking Aramit. they were speaking Aramaic, the dialect was different. And as a result, conversations could be misunderstood. If I, was, I think it today they say it about Arabic, as people who speak different dialects of Arabic based on where you come from, and as a result... Uh, not like Americans and British, we understand and they understand us easily. But I, what I'm told is in Arabic, you could misunderstand the person. So too, apparently, it was once upon a time. And it's easy to discern this. You look at Gemara Talmud Yerushalmi, Gemara Talmud Bavli, compare it, they're not the same. But even in conversation, there could be gross misunderstandings. There was an individual who came from Babel and moved to Israel. tai gets married to a woman, Amarla, and I imagine their courting somehow went smoothly, they dated properly and <coughs> married swiftly, because only conflict, or conflict only arose once they were married. Amarla, he said to her, Bashili li tere talfehe, he says to her, could you please cook for me two lentils? Now, expression apparently in Bavil, when you say two lentils, doesn't really mean two lentils, it means a small portion of lentils but she hearing him, not being accustomed to the slang or the way of talking in Baville, uh, listens uh, dutifully. He shows up and uh, the bowl, the plate, has two lentils on it. He gets angry, that's ridiculousness. I wanted dinner, I wanted lunch. He says to her, so instead, uh, can you please uh, cook for me? And he mentions a very large measure. Uh, it's a seah. It's a huge measure of adashim of lentils. And of course, his intention is not that she cook him a uh, king's feast of lentils, but rather that he just give a she she make a full portion. Doesn't know the right way to say that. And what does she dutifully do? She listens to him quite literally, following apparently the way they spoke in Israel. le she entirely and fully listens to his words, bringing forth a full table of lentils. Amarla, he as a result, realizing what's happening, says to her in a despairing fashion, forget about the lentils. Zili ayetili terebosine. Can you go and get fetch for me two, either watermelons or gourds? I want two of those. I, I want to eat them. But the way that they refer to bosine, there's is, is really two. Uh, there's, there's two meanings. Uh, bosina sometimes in the Gemara means a lamp, or something that provides light. Uh, so, alternatively, means a gourd. She misunderstands him; thinks he needs something for his seeing. She runs out. vayetele She brings him two flames, two lamps, listening dutifully again to what he told her. Amarla, in desperation, he says to her, disgusted and annoyed, tavre yaton Go and break those lamps. On the Reisha de Bada, on the top of the gate. In other words, it's a way of saying, go throw those out. She misunderstands. She doesn't speak like that. That bava is a reference to a gate. Instead, understands that his words bava were referring to the rabbi. Bava ben buta. Havayatif bava ben buta. Vida indina. The Gemara describes how bava ben buta was in the midst of a court hearing. He was acting as a judge. As lat, this wife goes, and she breaks the lambs on his head. Amallah, he expresses to her. And of course, the hachamim want us getting into his shoes, thinking how you would react in that moment. And Missilat Yisharim, very much drawing us in, says to us, How would you respond as Bava? What is it that you've done? Amrale, she says to him, ba'aleh, This is what my husband com- commanded that I do. Amar, without understanding any of the context, without requesting any more information, Bava Ben Buta's response is, if you've done the will of your husband, should bless you with two judge-like student uh, children. You should have children like myself who are able to be involved in uh, Torah and Mitzvot. So that's the description in the Gemara again, instead of just being funny as it is in the moment when you read it, Misilati Sharim says what you can derive from this is a certain praise. A certain understanding of the esteem that we should have for Anava, Vihilel, Kimochens, Perumerob, Anvatanuto, Be Massechet Shabbat, Zedeshonam, Tanura Banan, Leolam, Yehadam, Anvetan, Kehilel, Vehule, the Gemara over Daflamit goes on to describe how an individual made a bet with his friend that he would be able to annoy Hillel Hazaken, if you're familiar with the specifics, it was Friday afternoon, Hillel Hazaken was busy preparing for Shabbat, and this individual shows up at his home asking him silly question after silly question, why some people have slanted eyes, why other people have webbed feet, and so on and so forth, and patiently and carefully and sensitively, Hillel Hazakian listens to every word and responds accordingly. The description in turn in the punchline in the Gemara is the anavav, Hilal, just shown through in all that he did. He wasn't and didn't expect more for himself, being disturbed on a Friday afternoon, did not deter Virbi ahare Anvato. The Gemara says that Rabbi Avahu, who was quite the uh, individual uh, imbued with humility, uh, realized at a certain point that he's not humble at all. How so? Initially, I used to think that I am humble kewan de hazenalir bi abadi ako de amar ihu hata ama wa amar emora or amoreh maybe with them pk hata I mean, ama bila kapit amina lav an vetana ana uh, saiz ribi Abba i used to think i was i had humility but then i saw that ribi Abba of ako he was teaching a dirasha And the way it used to work, as we're well aware, is that the Rambi used to whisper the words into the ears of a Torgeman who would project the words to everyone. He would yell them out. The Rambi wasn't going to strain his voice per se. There was a large crowd assembled. He'd whisper the words into the ears of the Torgeman or say them, and then the Torgeman would say it to everyone. What happened was Rabbi Abba realized that the words that he was saying to the Torgeman were not properly being relayed to the people. He was saying something different. Instead, Instead of being makpid, instead of being very angry and realizing and understanding you've ruined my derashah, there was no riksut there was no anger at all. I said, if I could only demonstrate that, I understand that I'm not humble at all. Sinat Rabbanut, the next in the stages is hating that high stature, hating the position of authority. So we've addressed again, uh, hitnahagut b'shiflut, that lowly way of approaching and, uh, and, and, and dealing with matters. We've dealt with accepting not without anything, but accepting certainly externally, accepting and understanding that a response is not going to affect anything other than help my pride. Next, accepting positions of greatness and in turn acting in such a fashion and fleeing from kabod, from honor, uh, given by others. Mishnah Aruchahi. it's an explicit Mishnah in Pirkei Avot, says, Ramchal Ehovd HaMilachah, Usna et Rabbanut, you should hate the Rabbanut, the high positions of authority, <coughs> even in the Torah atmosphere. Now, what Ramhal will go on to say is, not per se that you can't and shouldn't be acting in such positions, it's a question of mindset. Is my mindset upon accepting or seeking this for my honor? Or is it alternatively, this is the position I've been put in, I have the skills, I have the ability to do so, I see this not as a kabod, but as an avdut. I see it not as an honor, but as a responsibility. I see it something I need to do. That's the alternative to being involved in it, but not realizing it for what it is. I'm involved in it as a responsibility, not as a position of greatness. od hagas libo a person who has a Haughty heart and mind as he's being more halacha, shoteh, rasha, Ruach, is an individual we look at as being silly, uh, and, and intellectually impaired, a wicked person, he's haughty. Haughtiness has a way of affecting any decision we make. The opposite of humility can and will affect all people in ways that they can only imagine. Ve'amru, and similarly, the Gemara Masechet Eruvin describes, a person who's seeking and running after honor, well, that honor will be fleeting from him, quite understood. Kavod is accorded to people who have achieved it, not people who have grasped it or seized it forcibly. The Pasuk in Mishle says, it's right. simply, the, the literal translation, don't go out to fight quickly. Fights, oftentimes, quarrels, generally speaking, are to protect my honor. You spoke wrongly, you did the inappropriate thing to me, I'm going to fight against you. So the peshat in the pasuk is don't be quick to that quarrel. The chachamim, elaborating, giving perhaps another level of depth, le'ulam, they state, don't read it as Reeve but so to speak as Rav. Don't be running after <coughs> the high level position. I think the common denominator is the same that Reeve will be instigated, brought about. Because of your feeling of importance. The Rav will as well. I need that Serara. I need the authoritative position for who I am. Lama, what's the reason? Says the Pisikta, say the rabbis. Pen aseba Harita. The Pasu continues and it says, Because what are you going to do at the end? What does that mean? Limahar, explain the Hachamim. If you're so full of yourself and you've seized and grasped that position, you probably haven't acquired the requisite skills. You haven't yet gone through the training appropriately. How are you going to respond when you need to? How are you going to act when it's uh, necessary? A person who just fell to them probably, generally speaking, was a rightful, uh, rightful owner of that position person who pushed themselves into it is going to be exposed. It's only a means of inspiration for running away from it. You're going to be exposed for what you don't have, for your deficiencies. Any person who accepts a high position of authority in order to achieve pleasure from it, we liken that person to an adulterer. Uh, Why is it like an adulterer? Well, again, back to the point that we've been making in this paragraph thus far. Rabbanut, serara, is not inappropriate in and of itself. It's a question of the mindset. A relationship with a woman is quite the same. Relationship with a woman can be covenantal. Relationship with a woman can be a bond, a pact. We have a relationship. We're married. We are supporting one another. Beautiful, fantastic, appropriate. Etc. Alternatively, if a person's relationship is not a relationship at all, it's just taking advantage of the body of the physical attraction. Well, that's a no if. The description in turn of the hachamim is a person who's going into rabbanut, a person who's seeking serara for the serara for the rabbanut, not for the relationship, not for the responsibilities. But just for what's going to be coming their way. They're no different than an adulterer, than a person who's going after a woman for gufash isha the for her body and her body alone. So to speak, quoting HaKadosh kadosh Hu in a derasha says, I'm kadosh, if you don't have all of the attributes that I have. Kivyachol said, God, Don't accept serara. Again, it's the acceptance of serara. It's not the acting in serara. And so to talmider yoshua gemara Horayot. Has the statement, because of their poverty stricken state, they needed a position. But they refused initially to accept an authoritative position. The way in which they were convinced was by saying, you think you're getting an authoritative position? You know what the next words are? I'm not giving you authority. I'm not giving you greatness. I'm giving you servitude. Again, between the lines throughout this paragraph, Ramchal is is stressing, even though he hasn't said it explicitly, it's not per se the rabbinic uh, position. It's not per se the authoritative stature. It's the mindset. It's that you see it as serara, as opposed to avdut. It's that you see it as kabod, as opposed to ahrayut. You see it as honor, as dignity, instead of responsibility and due diligence, and, 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 uh, and, and what you owe uh, to others, and what you can give. As, that's the game. Woe is to us the rabbanut, the high positions of authority, even in Torah matters, that it buries, those who own it. Where do we derive this from? Because he put himself or rose in independently to a high position of authority. He died at 110 years old before his brothers. Indeed, this week's coming parasha, this coming week's parasha. The truth is, the truth is uh, that uh, Ramchal here is, as the commentary in my uh, um, in my uh, book uh, explains, he's really conflating two separate statements of the Chachamim. One is in Pesachim and Daf Amar Bi'Ochanan Oyla LaRabbanu Chemikaberetet That's the lashon of the Chachamim. The words are that the high position will bury those who achieve it. She'en <laughs> Lecha. The example given in Nachim is Kol Navi VeNavi Harba Amelachim uh, that uh, prophets had a way of spanning the lives of four kings. In other words, the prophet who was separate from the king, from the monarchy, the Rabbanut, the Serara, lived a longer life. How so? It cites a pasuk. Hazon Yeshayahu ben al Ashehazal Yehuda Yerushalayim bimeh. Listen to the amount of kings. Oziyahu, one, Yotam, two. Ahaz three, Yihizkiyahu, four. Yeshayahu, one person four generations of kings, and the Gemaran Berachot, likewise, and there are three primary things which will truncate, which will shorten your life. One of them is, which is derived from Yosef. So either way you have it, so these statements it are the same. They're at the negative. Oh, certainly. They're very much diminishing uh, the stature, that uh, a person achieves in that respect. Now what Ramchal we've been suggesting until now is saying is it's not per se the position, it's the mindset. In other words, when I'm in that position, what do I see it as? Do I see it as a position of I'm enslaved to the people? Appropriate. I see it as it's my own honor and dignity? Inappropriate. Here in this line, to be honest, in this Midrash, he's looking at reality. Even if you've achieved it in the appropriate way, as an avdut, as an ahrayut, Still realize it's going to bring you down. Now again, it's to scare you. It's to frighten you. Who would want to that position? Somebody has to People who are imbued with the midot that Mesilat Yesharim has <coughs> been telling us until now. I think about the kelal before myself. I and mean, we say we say it all the time. You look at the great leaders in tanakh and in life. Oftentimes, their families suffer. It's the reality. Not that they're failures, but they suffer. They suffer, and Moshe Rabbeinu's children, according to the Chachamim, were not very righteous individuals. But we look at it nonetheless We say, what a terrible person, Moshe Rabbeinu. We say the reality was he was Masur la he wasn't Masur la So again, this statement, in contrast to everything else I've been reading until now, where I see it not per se as negative inherently, but it has to do with the mindset, this one is... You should be frightened. Before you enter into this, realize what you're getting into. Uh, it's going to shorten your life. And again, try it and test it. Uh, not to say that there aren't long-living leaders, but oftentimes leaders become diminished in strength, in mind, in capability, etc. It wears you down. Kilalosh davar, the kilal, the principle is, in harabbanut, it is a masad gadol, it is a quite a heavy burden on the uh, back of the person carrying it, or on the portion of the person carrying it. When a person is mixed in without responsibility to others, not uh, without the recognition of his significance and his unique stature, well, who are his responsibilities to? It's between himself and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When he arose or when he arises to the high authoritative position, religiously speaking, he's caught and he's seized by anyone who's under his jurisdiction, so to speak. It's his responsibility now to be watching for not only himself, not himself at all, but for all the others. And to, so to speak, shepherd them, and to straighten their ways and to give them knowledge and proper understanding. And if not so, and this is a dirashav, the hachamim, the hachamam, Ber pasuk says at the beginning of Sefer Devarim that with regards to the appointment of important people in Am Yisrael, the pasuk says, anashim chachamim, unvonim Let's let's collect, let's find the important people. the pasuk says, and I will. Place them as your heads. The derashav, the hachamim is not va'asimim, but va'ashamam. And asham means the guilt. Uh, the guilt of the whole major difference, but it's a double edged sword. I'm going to place them as your head, and as a result, all your wrongdoing is on their heads. A leader has to carry the, 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 the brunt of, of, of wrongdoing. A leader is responsible for all that goes on within their domain and their people and their doing it's saying It's both it's in Rabbanim who are acting as absolutely. rabbanu does not per se becoming a rabbi, right, right, what It's what becoming saying. a rabbinic leading figure. And when a person achieves that kavod, it has a way of or well, first and foremost, it's Havil Havalim. It's nonsense because what it does to a person is move them away from proper thought about themselves, uh, makes them forget all the responsibility. They think instead about that which is coming to them, instead of that which they should be doing to others. And anyone who realizes it is disgusted by it and will distance themselves from it. And uh, any of the kabod given to them from others will be a burden to them. To the extent that the grandeur and the greatness which is accorded to him by others, the words, the descriptions, which are not true because the person knows themselves, it will cause them, if they're honest with themselves, to find a sense of embarrassment. Uh, within themselves. Here's what people think about me. And they'll realize it's not enough that I don't have all that greatness. But they're also speaking falsely about me. It's even more embarrassing uh, than anything else. Uh, what Mesilat Sharim has been describing in these first three Halakim each one in its own appropriate way, is that the more a person exposes themselves to others, more that person reveals themselves and accepts that greatness from others, the more the person becomes small. There's an appropriate activity, there's an appropriate way, and I think that's what he's describing in this Kabod paragraph, for each person, even when it's reality, even when the person does possess a certain greatness, there's a certain amount of exposure and at the same time of concealment. it's like the Chachamim say in a different context, that you're supposed to be Megale tefah, mechase tefah You're supposed to reveal just a bit, but but conceal even more. And the Gemara has a there are several things you're supposed to lie about. One of them is, how many Masech tot you finished, as the way Rashi <laughs> and others. And why can't I ex- answer that question? The more you expose, the more you reveal about yourself, the more you diminish from yourself, there's supposed to be certain parts that are personal. And that personal side is where you achieve the most pristine greatness, because that's between yourself and Borealam, alam, between yourself and yourself. The more you expose it to others, the more diminished in terms of its essence it becomes. I remember reading Rab Moshe Shapiro's Zichrono Livracha. Uh, he was a great thinker in Yerushalayim. He passed away some six, seven years ago. And he uh, had profound influence on me, even though I only heard him several times, but I I read and read much of what was written about his Torah in one of his uh, one of his writings he described how as a child he lived in Tel Aviv and he was in a certain shtiebel in a certain Beth Knesset perhaps and he was sitting amongst old school Ger Hasidim uh, some individuals from Gur in, in Eastern Europe. And they were describing and understanding, based on their tradition, what had transpired between David and Michal in Shemuel Bet. David was mecharker bechol Bechol Kohol, Bechol Oz. Pasuk describes how he was dancing with all of his might. And Michal, his wife, who looks out from the window, admonishes him. And she says, you become, you're making yourself Melech Yisrael, like one of the empty ones, to which he responds something along the lines of, this is the least that I can do, or something like that. This is very little and the, the description, in the most simple sense, is she looks at him being the daughter of Shaul and says, this isn't the way a king uh, represents uh, his, his people. Uh, but the, the old, and his response is, what are you talking about? It's for Kavodashin. The alternative response is she had a deeper statement and his response in turn lends an even deeper layer of, of understanding. She was claiming that you, by exposing not a diminished state, but by exposing your spiritual connect are making yourself You're emptying anything that was just your own, any of your spiritual greatness which was held for yourself in your relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is now manifested for all. You're not You're exposing all. Everybody sees exactly who you are. You're a wonderful person. But what about the humble, what about the the, the pristine, the pure part of your soul, which is, uh, which is supposed to be safeguarded for your relationship with God? To which David HaMelech's response was, you should know, my wife, there's so much more to me than just this. And it's a description in the scheme of things that uh, in my short life and little exposure to great people, I've revealed and realized time and time again, As great as they are, generally speaking, the greater a person is, the greater they are in secret, the greater they are behind closed doors, the greater they are in the ways that nobody does know and nobody will know, even after their death, sometimes it's exposed after their death. Why don't they just teach it all? Why don't they just tell everyone? Because to be truly great, to understand that there's a part of ourselves that is pristine and beautiful and unblemished is to realize that that's not exposed to others. I have a certain connectedness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which cannot and should not be revealed to others. I remember once reading in a book, uh, it was Rabbi Chaim Sabato, in his conversations with Rabbi Aaron Lichtenstein, and he asked him something along the lines of, what do you think about, or what's your experience in tefillah? To which the response was an incredulous response. You want me to open my heart to you about my tefillah? Tefillah is a personal engagement with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. How could a person speak about about what their tefillah is. Each person needs to establish that. My words, at the very least, we have private communion with HaKadosh Baruch Hu during tefillah. Everything else is seen by all. I remember once reading as well, I mentioned this once, that Rab Chaim Salvechik was asked about his father, Beta Levi. Did your father put on tefillin of Rabbeinu Tam? So he said, I don't know. So he said, what do you mean you don't know? How could you not know? So he says, how would I know? What do you mean, how would you know? He says, don't you know what Shohan Aruch says? Shohan Aruch says only a Yireh Shammai, a person who's God-fearing, puts on Tefillin the time. He said, you think my father was going to expose and reveal to others that he believed or that he was in any way a Yireh Shammai? It's very possible he did. Nobody would ever see that in any way, in any, at any time, in any place. I remember once going to the, not once, I remember going to the, uh, the Shiva of Hacham Yom Tobiyadid and I was sitting with one of his sons. And so his son said, I know what many people say about my father, that my father was Tamit Hacham and he was learning all day. I'm going to be entirely honest with you in this moment. I don't know anything about my father. So, what do you mean you don't know about your father? So I have no idea what my father did during the day. He would never tell us that he was studying Torah during the. Day. We knew he went upstairs in Achillez, and we didn't know if he was there or if he was somewhere else. And when we were at home, there was no conversation about what he did during the day. Great people even simple people, have parts of their personality which are left concealed purposefully. Mesilat Yesharim is describing throughout these paragraphs, throughout this perech, that true greatness in our avodat Hashem cannot and will not be achieved if everything about ourselves, forget about physically, spiritually, is exposed to others, that diminishes, that blemishes it, that turns it into a show for others to see whether you realize it or not. The description in turn for David HaMelech, as I recall that description of the Ger Hasidim going, is that I am exposing some, but if you only knew how much more there was, I certainly would never uh, reveal it all. And I'm in turn in throughout this chapter is saying to us, Anava. As a way of changing who we are. Sirala is not inappropriate in and it of itself, although it might diminish from lifespan, but in and it of itself it's only a problem when all becomes exposed, when it becomes the ends and 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 the only and the only reality, not a avdut, not an ahrayut, not something that I seek to achieve and to be involved in, realizing this is my responsibility and nothing else. amen. amen.